just a little while past the Sunset Strip I found a girl's body in an open pit Her mouth was sunshed, but her eyes were still white Gazing through the fog to the other side They booked me on a whim and threw me deep in jail With no bail, sitting silent on a rusty pail Just gazing at the marks in the opposite wall Remembering the music of my lover's call, yeah Mistake, I know just what it takes to pull a man's soul back from heaven's gates. I've been wandering in the dark about as long as sin, but they say it's never too late to start again. Oh, when, oh, when will the spirit come a calling for my soul to send? Oh, when, oh, when will the keys to the kingdom be mine again? Welcome to the Savage Beast Podcast. I'm Joe Gallagher, uh, and with me on this uh, fine Saturday evening is Paul McLeod. Hey, everybody. This is Paul. Uh, I think, Paul, that for once uh, I may have been uh, had more uh, liquor than you prior That's to true. the podcast. What are you drinking tonight, Joe? Uh, I, uh, have a bottle of old Overholt rye next to me. That's, that's classic. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't podcast with anybody who drank anything classier than that. I mean, you know, uh, it's, uh, for under $20, there's, there's not much better. It's 11.50 at the total wine in my neighborhood. Ah, fantastic. Yeah. And I bought it, I bought the bottle in downtown Portland, so I think it was like 19.95, which, I mean, you know. It's yeah. a it's it's a high price you pay it's, to be cool. It's the markup, but it's okay. Yeah, I could have got the bottle. I could have got the uh, handle of Old Crow for uh, fifteen ninety five, but uh, I think I yeah. made the right choice. Yeah, that would be too trashy for my mm. podcast partner. Uh, I mean, you know, no yeah. no offense to Old Crow, Old Granddad, <laughs> or any of the other old. Uh, I have certainly enjoyed. Uh, the old whiskeys in my time i think actually at when we were at south by together uh, i had Mm -hmm. a bottle of old crow uh in my uh, extended stay suite room (laughs) you certainly did you certainly did uh so yeah um the track we opened with uh yeah real quick before we get to that i want to shout out the uh four star pilsner i'm drinking from goose island which i think is my favorite current pilsner that i've had nice Anyway, it's, hard to, back to your it's hard to find a good Pilsner. I've got a few suggestions if you're looking for them, but okay. this is not a beer podcast. so No, not yet. <laughs> um, uh, soon, music and um, microbrews will merge into one cultural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. We'll, t- we'll try one where we're just, we'll just do like eight shots before we record and see how that goes. I like that. Uh, that should be the podcast that we do uh, when we finally do one together. Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, we'll just be we'll be messed. We'll, up. <laughs> we'll have to think of some drinking game we can play for each other. So like, every time one of us does whatever our uh, verbal ticks are, then uh-huh. they have to do a shot, and uh, that'll only make it worse, of course. <laughs> yeah, things will get messy real quick. Um, anyway, the opening track. Yeah, so we open tonight with a. Um, a live version of Blitz and Trapper's uh, Black River Killer uh, performed on uh, the independent music station in Charlottesville, Virginia, home of UVA. 
Um, and uh, the reason we opened with that is because that happens to be, or I believe it to be, I have no official statistics on this, I think the one piece of music that I have streamed the most in my life, because it only exists on YouTube. I mean, mm. that's the only way I can listen to it. And um, I just happen, I love that performance. It's a really badass song. It frequently fits my mood of just <laughs> kind of, you know. Feeling remorse over your murders? Yes, yes. The murder of, of, of life with... Um, stupid bullshit i guess um, <laughs> that makes sense in my mind um <laughs> no, i left uh it's sort of like what yeah so but but there you know i think for you know i think for maybe even like six or seven years i've been listening to that version of that song um and uh the topic of our podcast tonight is streaming music Mm -hmm. And as you said, the regime of streaming mm -hmm. um, and uh, what it means uh, to the both the artist and the listener. Um, yeah. And uh, and so I, I think that uh, YouTube and so that that track is on YouTube mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's probably what, what do you think? Do you have a YouTube? Uh, do you have Red? a YouTube period that you've listened to more uh, than any other actually no i think i uh youtube is such an inconvenient way to get your music um for me anyway um unless you subscribe to youtube red you have to have your phone screen on and playing the whole video oh uh, yeah i realize this is like how people get music and i'm weird um but uh that i find really annoying um but don't you like i mean when you sorry to interrupt but you when you like are um uh like for instance like best coast fear of my identity like i have yeah. to go find i have to like listen to all every live version of that song on youtube and find the best one do you never oh. you never fall into that trap I never do that. Interesting. Like, it doesn't even occur to me like, oh, I should go listen to live versions of this music. I This is actually probably the biggest difference between the way you and I experience music is that you have always been a major live aficionado. And uh, I could see the appeal of that back in the 90s when I knew about like three bands. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, would release an album every two years. And in between, it was like, well, I need to hear... 50 different versions of mayonnaise um, just so it can still get me hard. Um, but uh, uh, no, now there's just so much music that mm. I am able to listen to all the time that I pretty much just listen to, uh, to recorded studio music all the time. I feel like you, uh, I feel like that reason is that might be why you would seek out a live version, but I feel like that doesn't really represent why, I listen to live versions of songs. I think I'm okay. interested in an artist kind of interpreting a text differently. Yeah, and, and that's and totally what legit. That brings out, um, and I, I look for you know. I, I sort of ever since I heard Billy Corgan sing today differently, and like with mm -hmm. like 
you know, 50% more emotion uh, on a live uh, tape that our friend Todd had bootlegged uh, from the radio. Um, <laughs> I, I just became addicted to that. But that might be a different podcast. Well, I, maybe. I will say, um, I think part of what keeps me out of... So I, I can see the appeal of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what keeps me away from that is my, like, uh, my obsessive, compulsive uh uh attitude towards audio fidelity so whenever i'm listening to a live thing now nowadays it's a lot better than it used to be but i mean back in the late 90s it's funny that you used to be able to go to a real record store you know an independent one but a real record store Mm -hmm. and pay money for some shit bootleg recording that it was totally illegal a lot of money (laughs) yeah like a lot of money for some like you know that uh somebody put together the graphics for in like microsoft works yeah um using using the uh 50 by 35 pixel jpegs available of the band uh on the 90s internet it's a lot of pixels back then And, and yeah, then you could pay, say like $18 and it'd be like, yeah, this is like uh, seven tracks from this one show and then three from another and then two from one more. And the sound quality was just garbage. Um, now, obviously, uh, shortly after that, yeah. uh, CDR and FLAC technology combined and the proliferation of the mini disc yeah. uh, combined to... Uh, bestow upon you several hundred smashing pumpkins recordings of um, yes of intimately detailed well, uh res quality i would say of those I, I still have those cds although they've probably like degraded over time um yeah. uh which you gotta you gotta put them on a in the cloud now man um they are they are actually almost every okay. smashing pumpkins bootleg is you can it's torrentable that's true, actually. Yeah, what's that website where they have like all the pumpkins shows? Uh, well, oh yeah, so it's the uh, it's part of the archive.org. They have right. um, the pumpkins gave them permission to host uh, almost all of their live shows. Uh, which oh, is, is really that why cool. that's there? Yeah, yeah. Any any audience recorded ones they can they can put up there. Um, that's badass. But yeah, I would say that like even back back when I was like trading bootlegs, trading CDR bootlegs, I would say like a hundred. Of those, like, 200 or so, I'd say about 150 of them would be of a quality that would, like, drive you insane. <laughs> um, I mean, they were well-taped for an audience recording. I mean, you could, you yeah. could hear the details of the songs, but in terms of, like, yeah. being, like, of uh, an audio audiophile quality, you know, they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I used to put up with that, but now I just, I don't know, just doesn't appeal to me, even if you mm. will hear like a different version a little bit. Um, I don't know. I would rather just, uh, uh, it's funny because you talked about how you're really into the canonical version of a recorded work uh, on a previous podcast. Um, and that doesn't bother me with artists, yes. you know, when Kanye changes the life of Pablo Trackless right. or whatever. True. But. Um, well, that might be. I mean, that's you. They, you actually make a good point. I maybe I should be a little less worried about that. Maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> the uh, the funny thing to me is I don't know. Just uh, there's so much recorded music, and I I like what people do in the studio, um, whether it's a raw punk band or uh, uh, the most masturbatory of prog rock bands. Um, 
that uh, that's just where I spend all my time. So what about our Lords and Savior Radiohead? Are you interested in how they've been playing uh, a moon-shaped pool live? Um, you know, I have not listened to any of it. Because, <laughs> like, Johnny's got a fuck. He has a fucking guitar solo to Burn the Witch, and it is bad. Okay. That does sound pretty that cool. That is good stuff. I should uh, I should listen you to know, that. Colin playing the bass line. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe he plays it on the studio version. It's hard to tell. I feel like he might not be, but and, and I mean we've talked about it like uh on a on a good band release live recording, you yeah. can actually hear better versions of some of these songs. We talked about how like uh uh Dollars and Cents is much better live than it is on Amnesiac. True. True. Um so yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe I'm just missing out is the the and possible we are, we are about to have a, uh, a one of our future podcasts is going to be a concert video pod is concert movie podcast which is that's true exciting but that's a different story i mean those are that's a much that's different than a live like like that's different some, than someone, you tracking down 50 different versions of a song you really yes, like yes right um i do need to send you the best uh live version of fear of my identity though it's it's pretty good i bet that's pretty awesome actually. um uh it's funny like this this podcast like in general, it's just going to end up being about like 50 songs. I know. It, it's like <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins, Radiohead, uh, and like, Fear of My Identity, and Joanna Newsom. Yes. <laughs> Occasional like Sufjan or something. Danny know. Brown. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, we got to think of more artists we disagree on. Um, but yeah. Anyway, go on. Uh, What's what's the next turn in our or did you have anything else on the issue of YouTube? No, I was just, I was just kind of curious what your relationship to it uh uh some of these tracks. It's interesting to hear that you don't do the same thing I do. It's one of our biggest differences in listening habits. Yeah, YouTube is basically a uh, a streaming service of last resort for me. So like if it's not on yeah. Spotify uh and I want to listen to it, usually somebody has uh put it up on YouTube legally or, or otherwise. Well, so do we want to do we want to talk about anything before we continue with the streaming discussion, kind of get into our main the main thrust of it, if you will, any any uh foreplay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um we'll keep it sexual yes, by always. um yeah. Uh, by mentioning, uh, I listened to the new Tegan and Sarah album actually oh. with uh, all my kids this ap- this evening. Um, what did they think? They dig it. So nice. Uh, yeah, I actually really like it when a uh, I like a pop album because that's mm-hmm. something I can uh, both enjoy and play uh, with children around, which is all of my life. And um, so yeah, I would say on one listen it. I would say it's about 90% as good as the previous album, which the previous album is like, I think it's my favorite pure pop album of all time. Cool. So um, check it out, people. Tegan and Sarah are uh, unlikely uh, twin sister lesbian pop heroes, and uh, uh, you should let them revolutionize your sex life as well. Can we listen to a, uh, a track from their new album? Sure. Uh, although I was sort of distracted by my kids running around while my wife was out celebrating her mom's birthday. So I'm just going to pick one at random because I don't remember which ones were good. Happy birthday, Melanie's mom. Mm-hmm. Tell you that I love you, that I can't hold back. The feeling that you give me when I 
a civilization are are good at pop music yes and uh uh i like it when you uh when they combine it with the uh, the weird issues that come up with uh dating a uh having a same-sex relationship with somebody who's in the closet uh n- not a common theme on the 90s pop music we used to listen to no so. no or if it was it was much uh much harder to detect yeah that's true um, there was so a time yeah. when Waterfalls by TLC was a very like edgy song. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, Tegan and Sarah, I don't know. It's uh, uh, They were a band who was like, I knew about them for a decade before mm-hmm. I actually really listened to them. And it turns out they just uh, have uh, a, a flawless ability to make catchy little vocal lines happen. So... Um, Props to them. They're one of those bands that like everyone around me likes. And I, I mm-hmm. guess I've kind of s- slowly been like, yes, they are good. And yeah. I agree with all of you. I'm a little surprised that like your wife hasn't made you listen to them or something. I don't know. That's true. I don't know if I actually don't know if she likes them or not. Um, mm. But uh, we will find out after she listens to this. Yeah, absolutely. And the previous album, like I said, I think it's, the best pure pop album I can think of. Um, anyway, um, like I know you like Robin and I think this yes. is like a much better version of Robin style music. Uh, nothing Robin. against Robin when yeah. I say that. Yeah. Well, um, you know, there's, there's room in the pantheon with Robin for sure. <laughs> uh, I was just listening to the Jackson fives. Uh, uh, I want you back. Yeah. Uh, today oh my God. I wonder, and I was wondering if it was the best, pop song of all time i'm not sure that's that's certainly a defensible position yeah i feel like we need to have a whole podcast on the the best like the most artistically um i, I yeah. can't think of how to form that phrase that i can't think of that formulation but like the pop song the like that are the best pop songs in terms of art yeah the pop songs that managed to be both just like flawless as uh pop gems where they're immediately accessible and they stick in your head and yet they have that je ne sais quoi that allows them to last uh down the years i have this weird i have this weird um desire to hear a really fucking hard rock cover of i want you back like get like (laughs) dilly dally to cover it or something like that i just think it would be fucking awesome that would be awesome i actually have a number of like songs I want to hear hard rock cover versions of yes. um, uh, uh, what tighten up by Arthur Bell and the drills. Um, and then um, 
uh, The River by Garth Brooks, I actually nice. think would be an incredible, like, the lyrics. Not if The you River just, by Bruce Springsteen, but The River by Garth Brooks. I think that is the name of the song, whichever. Yeah, I will sail down the river till the water runs oh, dry. Yes, that that's, one. that's Garth. So that song, like, if you if you read the lyrics, it actually could be the tale of some guy on a the road like journey to find salvation in a post apocalyptic wasteland. And nice. so I think if you turned it into a a blistering punk rock song, it would be awesome. That'd be awesome. And I you know what, you could never have I just want to hear harder and harder versions of Louie Louie. Like <laughs> that song is just such a hard rock song. It's fucking amazing. That's totally totally um uh, <laughs> you could definitely imagine a death growl version of it, like yeah, and it would only be—it's cool because that's only like an amplification of what it is now. It's not like a totally different version because it's already right. um, a pretty hard song. <laughs> um, so uh, I think uh, this week we also heard uh, that new song uh, by Clams Casino. Oh, yeah. Featuring Vince Staples, uh, which I thought was fucking great. It is great. Uh, All night. Yeah, let's pull that up. Yeah. Woke up in another man's main bitch. Phone jumping out the gym from the gang slide. To the north side, everyday same shit. Trying to make it in the world, man. Long Beach on the map, cause the coach ain't back. Like the city never left, it's a strong rain. Banging when the only niggas booming was the cold flames. Funny, I'm the only nigga with a no name. Heard they really wanna gun me down. Good luck with that. Still gon' slide in the same ride around my town. Still got that Mac. Bad little bitch with the shit. Wanna get busted. Fuck. Vince Staples is uh, on another level. Another touching song about the pitfalls of being a young lesbian. Um, Really, (laughs) really got me. Um, Uh, (laughs) There's something that, yeah. um, I just, there's something about Vince's flow that you just, you're, you're take it in immediately. It's like, you just, it's like your, your life, you're just kind of like rowing and you come around the bend and suddenly the rapids start and you're just, you're just flying yeah. and you're like, oh shit, I hope this doesn't end with me uh, just going over waterfall dying because this is things, shit just got real. It, it feels like it adds like an ounce to your dick. Yes. Just listening to it. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, and, and you pointed out what I didn't know that Clams Casino produced, uh, a, um, uh, a lot of, uh, Vince's most recent album. Uh, yeah. Which summertime 06. Ex- yeah. Which explains a lot. I mean, it, it really sounds like his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I always liked his one, his song, or he may have more than one now. But I liked his song with ASAP Rocky. Um, you know, he, his beats really work well. Uh, when yeah. you've got a good MC, absolutely, yeah. Um, no, that's a great song, and uh, hopefully, it signifies uh, further collaboration between the two because they work great. Yes, and I will listen to Endless Vince. Yeah. Um, and if 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 any of you out there are not listening to Vince Staples, uh, you uh, are, and you like hip hop, you're just depriving yourself of just some of the best hip hop. Yeah. Um, wait. So did Danny Brown announce a new album? 
Yeah, he's uh, he said he was in the studio with uh, Ali of um, Kendrick Lamar fame. Yes, um, uh, putting the finishing touches on his new album. So, I mean, that's going to be you know it's going to be full of party anthems. Oh yeah, my God, absolutely. Another, uh, go ahead. I was just saying that was my wife uh, walking in uh, in the background in case anybody heard some doors opening and closing. Um, we're always opening doors on this podcast, uh, the doors <laughs> of experience uh, and doors of understanding. Yes, and but not the doors of listening to the doors who we're, suck. We're, yes, we're closing the doors of ignorance um, <laughs> and uh, shutting the window of uh, um, bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> how can we work a skylight into this shitty metaphor <laughs> yes i just thought we could have a t-shirt savage beast shutting the window on bad taste <laughs> uh, i literally woke up today uh with um danny brown's uh blunt after blunt after blunt in my head um, because just, you had been smoking blunt after blunt after blunt before going to sleep. I, maybe in my dreams, yeah, uh, okay. I wish. Um, uh, all I can say is that a new Danny Brown album. We we will dedicate a podcast to that. Absolutely, uh, Garrett. That's that's our guarantee. I hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope. I should put a bot on his website. Yes, <laughs> that bot just <laughs> that bot will be just fucked up. Yeah. So well, stoned. It, it will definitely twerk <laughs> by the end of the it. The bot just starts tweeting like all this like really existential stuff. Yeah. <laughs> About having sex with prostitutes. Yes, like interspersed with like um random Pornhub links that it's it's selecting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> the whiskey is having a positive effect on our conversation this It evening. really is. Um, so we were going to talk about streaming music. We were. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, what do you think the first song you streamed is? Oh, fuck. I have no idea. Um, shit. Right. I hear the whiskey pouring in the back. Yeah, really. I really was just pouring a little bit of whiskey. Um, anyway. Um, hmm. Uh, I can't even think of when it would have been. I mean, here's the thing. It was... I think it must have been through real player, right? Yes, probably. Yeah. What a piece of shit software. And like the, the annals of piece of shit software, that one is just uh, you know, a triceratops shit pile from Jurassic Park of just <laughs> fuckware. <laughs> the, the real player, uh uh yeah, I was trying to think of a really insulting thing to say about it, but I'm not that good at insults off the top of my head. So it was really bad, and uh, the people who made it should feel bad about themselves. And I hope they lost all their money in the dot com bubble. Like honestly, like if I would, I would, um, I could see like I'm about to beat up the guy who invented Comic Sans, and then he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh shit, there's a CEO of Real Player. We just, <laughs> we just both go ham on him," you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean. The real criminals of Comic Sans are the people who use it, yes. but Real Player, uh, the people who created it, were actually malicious against the internet. I feel like yes, we don't actually condone violence here. We would just we would just be trading insults. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if I actually saw that guy. I don't know. 
It would be tough. It would be a tense moment for sure. <laughs> um, I was trying to think this as well, and I, I'm not sure um, what the file would have been. Um, it could have been some preview of like, you know, this is a, a hot preview track from Amnesiac or something like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I think that, so I was trying to think, I was thinking of like, you know, how uh, there's like a relationship between MP3s and streaming that mm-hmm. like MP3 culture and streaming culture, like they both kind of came from the same place. And I was thinking about a story about how in, um, it must've been like 99, um, that, uh, I was, so it's on the, uh, I was on the Weezer rules mailing list, um, mm-hmm. which, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to describe like why someone would be on a list serve now, but back, <laughs> back in the day, like that's how, well, there was no RSS or Twitter. Right. Back then, that's so. how I got my Weezer news. Like there is like hardcore fans. We all had a mailing list. and I'd get this digest once a day that would have like between like five and 25 mailing, uh, um, emails on it of like people talking about Weezer. Um, <laughs> And I was thinking, like, you know, most of the talk was about Weezer, but people would talk about other bands occasionally, and someone uh, just dropped in links to two tracks from Death Cab for Cutie's uh, first album, Something About Airplanes, um, Champagne in a Paper Cup, and uh, Pictures in an Exhibition. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember I downloaded them both because, like, at that time, there were only the, like, 20 cds in my room and and that's it to like for me to listen to so i was like yeah i'll download whatever and it took an hour to download each of them um that's not an exaggeration and then (laughs) pictures and exhibition is just like uh an absolute like fucking classic of 90s indie rock and i listened to it like you know 20 or 30 times probably in like a span of a week um Mm -hmm. and uh with Winamp. Yes, with Winamp. <laughs> and, you know, that is still... The reason I bring that up is that's still the streaming experience in some ways, where it's like you see this recommendation for a song, and, like, if you find one you really like, you know, or an album, you end up playing mm-hmm. it a lot, like, in um, in a short period of time. Or that's how I think... Um, I mean, maybe you and I have so much music we listen to that we don't do that as much, but like, that's kind of how the majority of the world still processes music is from like that. Yeah. People seem to like to link culture, like, you know, that they find the link to this one song they like and they play it a lot. Yeah. Which is, I actually do not do that at all. Right. uh, Right. To be clear. Um, uh, my typical pattern is I use streaming services purely as a preview service, basically. Mm-hmm. So I will, we've discussed before how I, uh, I buy all my music still, which is so weird. I know. Right. Um, and, uh, but I almost refuse to buy music, um, sound unheard. Uh, if it's an act I really love, then I'll do it. Um, so I will listen to anything I might be interested in at least one streaming. And if I like it, I'll put it on my to buy wish list or just buy it. Um, 
and then I will pretty much not listen to it again uh, until I buy it um, again, unless I have bought it, and then I will uh, try to hit it up every once in a while. Right. But uh, even when I do buy it, it's uh, pretty rare that I end up listening to it over and over and over again, just because there's um, a lot of music all the time that I'm trying to keep up with. Right. Well, but you have a particularly um, you have a particular dedication to listening to the most amount of music possible. Yeah, I just I have yeah. real bad FOMO with music, so yeah. like real bad. So right. that keeps me uh, from going back over things. Do you think if you like if you were uh, like a a wealthy trust fund baby and you had like all day to listen to music like at your leisure, mm-hmm. you would probably end up going back and listening to stuff more. Um, if I were a wealthy trust fund baby, I would, (laughs) I don't even want to know what else you would be doing. Um, yeah, I would definitely be podcasting for free. Um, no, um, I would, uh, I, I don't know if I just just be like buying Taco Bells and like painting them black and filling them with like gorillas protest (laughs) art (laughs) that would be awesome you know i might actually listen to less music than i do now because um work provides such like a really good environment for um for this sort of exploratory testing things out not so much for revisiting stuff i know i like um but although I, I it's surprising totally. it does work surprisingly well that way. But um, if I'm if I were you know wealthy and rich, I would be like in Paris hanging out, and I wouldn't be like, oh well, I'm gonna um, check out the latest on Pitchfork because I walk down the well, Champs Elysees or whatever. You'd be on your private jet a lot, and I mean your That's private true. jet would be banging. Yeah, my private jet would have the sweetest of satellite Wi-Fi connections. Let me, so. let me take a, a moment here, a little diversion. I was thinking the other day, like, what if I had my 50th birthday party, like, on a plane? Like, we, like, mm. like rented, like, a plane, and we had the party in the sky. Would you be into that? Well, that sounds cool, except for the part that, like, I can only stand up in the middle of the plane aisle. So you're kind of... you're You can't be that mobile on a plane. No, no, but we would rent, like, a, a cool plane. Okay. Do they make space? But even, but like height wise, I mean, it's hard to, you can't walk past a person on a plane too easily. Um, but I feel like you didn't have seats. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's like a private jumbo okay. jet that we've rented for this party. <laughs> you know what? I am totally in favor of this plan. We I don't know why I'm trying to argue against it. <laughs> <laughs> can you, can we hot box the plane? Yeah, I mean, we're renting the plane. We can do whatever we want. We can fly it if we want. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing to stop us. Uh, um, okay, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry to uh, have distracted us. Uh, I blame uh, Mr. Overholt. Yeah. Um. So, what are is there? What do we want to talk about here? Yeah. So there are a couple. <laughs> <laughs> let's have this conversation now um, <laughs> um there there are a couple things that are interesting about streaming one yeah. is uh i can think of three okay. um two are related one is uh what it does to artists and whether that's cool uh two is um uh whether um or I guess there are really two things. So that, and then two is what it does to listeners. And in particular, um, 
what it does to about uh, playlists, individual tracks and albums and how all that works together, mm-hmm. which we've talked about a little bit in the past. But there are some interesting things uh, around the technology of playlists. Um, and uh, I guess three, you could say the uh, you could uh, or as a subtopic of each of those, you could talk about the future and what it looks like um, based on you know market forces and changing taste or whatever so yeah. i don't know which of those sounds most interesting to you i have well, thoughts on all of them I, I have thoughts on all those I, I have thoughts on a fourth topic which is um you know kind of the nature of streaming itself and uh, i'm interested in the aesthetics of it and whether it's um you know how it compares to other ways that um you and i as consumers access music yeah um i, I think that really you know we we spend so much time consider you know thinking about it in terms of something like radically different and i I wonder you know whether it is and or and or how it is different yeah Uh, so first of all what do you mean when you say streaming because technically i actually stream all my music because it's all in the cloud and i pretty much just listen to it on demand from my google music account um it's just that i own copies of that music rather than uh i subscribe to or rely on the uh free uh you know charity version of a streaming service like spotify right and i mean you so i mean i i subscribe to spotify i pay the ten dollars a month for it um because it's i just hate the ads um yeah they're bad yeah so i i guess my question that i I've been thinking about a lot is let me th- let me think about how to phrase this. So whenever you buy music in any form, mm-hmm. um, and I don't mean this in a legal sense, necessarily like a you know American legal system sense. Like I think when you buy music in any form, when you and I do that, we're really just purchasing a license to listen to a particular recording of that music or like a copy of that music yeah, um, that exists, you know, either until the CD gets broken, until your record gets scratched or smashed, until, you know, your asshole friend uh, throws your Billy Joel tape out of the car because it sucks, um, <laughs> you know, and then if, if any of that happens to your physical copy, you have to buy it again, right? Because you didn't yeah. actually buy the music. You just mm-hmm. bought a copy of it. Yeah. And I feel like thinking about this, I'm like, well, it's pretty much the same with digital files. I mean, you purchase mm-hmm. these MP3s. Like, if you just purchase a download, obviously, you know, you, you might get, uh, you know, the license to download as long as some particular portals, portal is available. Yeah. Um, but, like, if you lose the files, there's no guarantee. I mean, I, I don't check this, but like, I feel like Google Music probably. I have a have a strong, strong feeling that their user agreement does not like guarantee your access to that music forever. You know, if they're like, they're like tomorrow, they're like, we're shutting down Google Music in thirty month in thirty days. You have thirty days to download your MP3s. Like, it's not like you could sue them and be like, you promised me this forever. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, obviously, if if uh, uh, you know anonymous were to rise up against google and take it down there's no way you could force them to keep doing it Um, right so i I guess to to i I was interested to think about this in terms of that like spotify 
in a way is in terms of how we listen to music is not really as different from buying the CD in terms of a practical sense. It's just like kind of a more, a much, 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 much more economical version of it for us. That is also like, like, uh, just almost unfathomably easier to access no matter where you are that a seat not i mean it's not crazy but like it's it's pretty i mean it's it's you know the fact that like if you if you subscribe to spotify you can download music and listen to it anywhere Mm -hmm. you either have your phone or have a wi-fi connection you know compare that to like i have to be able to bring my a cd i bought somewhere and i have to find a cd player and i have to be able to play it like spotify is that but better yeah and so that leads me to the to this point where it's like oh the only reason that spotify is not as good is are these like sort of aesthetic and moral reasons yeah huh well so that's that's interesting um part of why i like buying music which again i mostly buy ethereal digital copies that uh even when i buy them you know, um, what Google is actually serving me is one centralized copy that, that it has a, a record of my having uh, paid access to. Right. You know, they don't keep the individual bits that I purchased. Um, anyway, um, so uh, part of what I like about that system may be about irrational ways my brain interacts with the music mm. I like. Um, so in one sense, it's actually, or in a major sense, uh, one thing I like about my Google music library is that it doesn't have all the music ever on it. Like Spotify does. Right. Because, uh, it's like, uh, I wouldn't want to have every piece of furniture ever in my living room. Um, I just want the good furniture that is good for my living room. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so part of it is that it is an exclusive, uh, selection of stuff that I have selected and liked. And obviously in Spotify, you can have, it's not like they force you to listen to music you don't like, but it, the, again, this is where it might be irrational is the, um, feeling of the riffraff being not there and not even available if I wanted it to is actually, um, (laughs) that's that's actually good. That's a little bizarre. (laughs) Maybe. Um, like I, it, it, when I'm on Spotify, I feel like I'm waiting in a huge crowd and like Britney Spears is standing right next to Jeff Mangum and that doesn't feel right. Whereas when I'm in my Google music library, Britney Spears, um, is not there at all. Yeah. Um, and so there's like sort of a, uh, a sacred aspect to that, that, um, you can't get with the uh, big library of everything type of situation. And again, yeah. you know, I'm not saying like there are many ways this is probably is just entirely irrational, but that that f- gives me good vibes. Well, basically. you're I mean, you're looking to curate music. You're looking to curate a collection for yourself. And I mean, that's I think that's totally rational where, you know, I, I it's not like you're you don't, right, right. Have, you don't have to make it. You can make a mixtape just for yourself. You know what I mean? Like you, you don't yeah. have to give it to anyone else, and yeah. that there's there are reasons that that sort of act of, um, uh, you know, 
intellectual and aesthetic um, discretion, um, you know, has uh, like sort of emotional resonance. Um, You know, it's an act of creation to to collect and curate. Yeah. But like I said, you could do that on Spotify. It, you the, could, yeah. The, there's no reason that um, uh, Britney Spears' presence would have to intrude upon me on Spotify. But uh, So that's why I think it really is just sort of a, a feeling that I like about it. Anyway, um, the other thing is, um, uh, yeah, so this may be, uh, this is probably just bad economic thinking. Like you said, Spotify is cheaper than, even though I buy most of my music on sale. Um Yes, uh, it's it is definitely costing me more. Um, so uh, there are two ways to think about it. One is that um, the fact that when I do buy an album, I have it uh, essentially forever. I agree that Google Music could shut down. Um, I have thought about that scenario, and I am fully prepared to start downloading as soon as I hear about it. <laughs> um, but. Um, uh, you know, it actually probably is a lot harder to lose one of these MP3s than it, than, uh, in fact, it definitely is because I have scratched a lot of CDs to help oh, my yeah. life. Oh my God. There's um, no question that both Google music and Spotify are like infinitely superior in the durability of your music collection. Absolutely. In fact, I had a situation where my kids got a hold of my phone and deleted the first track off of the first, uh, XX album. And, um, <laughs> I actually called Google music up and I was like, look, I didn't, I didn't intend to do this. This is just my three-year-old fucking around with my phone. And they, um, after about five minutes internal discussion, were like, yeah, sure, you can have it back. Um, Because I had bought it from them. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. Um, So um, in that sense, yeah, it actually is pretty good. I agree that, though, like you said, uh, Spotify is uh, theoretically just as durable um and cheaper while you're using it so i can't really make the argument uh that google music is more permanent in that sense um but um oh shit i had another point that has gone oh i was gonna say this one other thing i will say about the um the durability of a copy of music is that i have sort of uh um on my own recognizance uh unilaterally declared that any music I buy in one format, I uh, officially have the rights to um, in perpetuity yes. in any format. So, yes. like, <laughs> if I buy some album for $3 on vinyl from the 70s, like, I have no compunction at that point about downloading MP3s of that same music. Right. Um, even though I am sure, I, I mean, definitely the record companies don't agree with me, and probably the artists don't either, but uh, whatever. Um, I oh, figure... Yeah. I'm uh, in the 99th percentile of uh, capitalist morality at that point anyway, with regard to music. Yes. I mean, I think that that was sort of the um, uh, frightening, uh, one of the frightening um, revelations of the piracy uh, crisis of the early thousands, um, early thousands, (laughs) early aughts. when uh you know the record companies realized that people felt like once they'd bought music once they were entitled to it forever i mean Um, at that point the record companies were just happy if they did buy it once. yeah Uh, totally but i I think that that was part of the reason people felt so entitled was that they were like yeah i bought this dave matthews band record of course i can download the mp3s and that like you know terrified 
the record <laughs> companies to no end that, 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 you know, feeling was so pervasive. Yeah. Um, yes, I feel the same way. Um, I definitely have, you know, paid, uh, it, any album that I've actually like paid money for specifically, I'd feel zero problem about like downloading the flax for it from, from like the pirate Bay. Yeah. Um, so I guess, so let's, let's go. I, I, th- I think we've kind of, you know, yeah. we agree that there's like, it's streaming is more of an aesthetic Spotify, the difference between Spotify and like Google music or like buying CDs is more aesthetic than it is. I don't know, a, a, some sort of transformational difference in the way you listen to music. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in turn, in practical terms for us, um, for us as listeners. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. practical terms, it's yeah. awesome because when I travel, I just have all my music there. Right. Um, so let's go through the three you brought up. So like, let's talk about what it does for artists. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there was an interesting article pitchfork put together. Well, it was sort of interesting. The article managed to avoid saying anything, um, about what it thought would happen. Pitchfork knows who pays their bills. (laughs) <laughs> but they um they collected a bunch of quotes from uh artists and industry types mm-hmm. uh speculating about the future of free streaming services and whether they would uh continue to be free and you know they pointed out the well-known fact that streaming pays worse than panhandling um the free streaming services do um right. to the artists and um uh that's clearly the case and um you know they were like is this still going to happen and somehow the article didn't mention that when you're when they're doing the calculus obviously the reason that streaming remains free is because uh getting almost nothing is better than actually getting nothing which is what was happening in the mp3 regime right um and so uh that's interesting to me because i wonder if now that everybody has seen how convenient Spotify is, um, if they did take away the fr- all free streaming options, mm-hmm. if people wouldn't actually just be like, ah, shit, yeah, I'll actually pay. Um, because as anybody who was around downloading music in 2004 off of LimeWire knows, <laughs> that is a pain in the fucking ass. Yep. It is really hard to... Make sure that you get all the tracks in acceptable quality with the right metadata on them, and uh, you're not getting some dickhead's uh, Beats tape that he decided to name uh, Radiohead Amnesiac 320 KBPS. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and yeah. Especially now so, that you're playing those, then and you have to you're you're not just going to play that on on your computer. You're transferring it to uh, like you know a dozen other devices. Yeah. So obviously, even though people could go back to downloading MP3s, I I wouldn't be surprised if the vast majority of people wouldn't be like, uh, well, you twisted my arm. I'll pay you the five or ten bucks a month. I agree. Um, I mean, I think just to have it at my fingertips. I think you know, everyone can agree that an instant music library is an awesome thing. And speaking for myself, I want the price to be fair for everyone. I mean, I want it to yeah. be fair for for me, and I want it to be fair for you know, the artists, uh, you know, and, and I think that there's a point where, you know, if you were to say to me that, you know, 
this really this like high quality streaming service costs you know thirty dollars a month i mean i i am i'm ready for that i mean i'm not saying And that's why you willingly signed up for title yes right (laughs) i haven't done that yet only because i feel like if 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 title had beaten spotify to market or something like that like with the paid like i would have considered it but since spotify i mean that's that's the problem like we're going to rely on um these streaming services that are trying to profit from offering it at a lowest price possible yeah but well and that's fine i mean yeah so that's the other interesting thing is I I agree. Part of why I'm willing to pay more the way I listen to music is because uh, I I want artists to get money. Now, I think on a moral sliding scale, it's a lot more acceptable to steal Kanye's album than it would be to steal like Abby Reimold's album. Right. Um, because A, Kanye has money. B, right. a lot of that goes to fucking Interscope or whoever. Court, like Courtney Barnett needs our money. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the other way to look at it is that the, if to, in a purely, uh, market oriented sense, the reason you have, um, markets and property rights and money is so that you can be sure that, uh, producers of something are remunerated, <laughs> remunerated well enough that they will continue producing it at, uh, levels that produ- that consumers actually want it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's pretty clear at this point that um, you don't have to pay musicians anything and they'll continue making good music for us because there's a lot of status and a lot of joy from producing great art. Um, So, um, you know, music industry revenues have cratered and it's hard to see that uh, the volume of good music has suffered in any way from past times yeah well um i, I agree yeah. i agree with you i mean i once um this is about this is a, a complex rant that i'm gonna go on for a minute here but um you know i once there is a um you know a, a young like um professional woman in new york city once wrote an essay about how she had like she, she you know she just had to pirate music like it just would be too she like had an ipod that had room for ten thousand songs or whatever and she couldn't afford a hundred thousand dollars like she mm-hmm. was just gonna pirate the songs and someone like music industry like person wrote back to her essentially blaming her for like the suicides of like <laughs> prominent music of like a prominent musician because they couldn't pay their like health insurance bills and it's like no like yeah. that, like the reality that we live in is that there are tons and tons of people that will produce music for free, and yeah. they because they're just like they're maybe they're young, they're artists, they like they're privileged, you know, for whatever reason. And now you know those CDs that are twenty dollars in the CD bin, it's as though they have this. There are twenty other virtual CDs next to them that are all free. Some people and, will even talk about music for free and release it to the public. Yes, and my you God, get way yeah. less pussy doing that than playing the music. Right. So. Uh, well, I, I, <laughs> maybe you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know that that's it's we're in an era when you're right. I mean, that's I think that that the argument that we should all feel terrible for not paying for music 
doesn't um, line up with the fact that there are just clearly so many artists willing to make music for free. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, I, so having said that, um, I don't actually buy that logic and I do want to pay people for making music. Um, You know, yeah. I like the idea of having like, you know, like Merge Records having its own streaming system and I'm paying Merge Records like $10, you know, or some, some sort of, I pay them $20 a year or something like that, you know? Yeah. Especially if you could centralize it where, um, it would be like, uh, you know, one hub, but you could choose which record labels and or artists to pay. Yeah. I, I mean, that's basically what I do, except I just buy the albums in discrete amounts of music. Right. Um, yeah. So maybe like a little more flexible version of that yeah. um, seems seems fairer. And, I, 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 you know, I just kind of hope that um, evolves. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bandcamp does a pretty good job of that with their, you know, kind of pay what you want streaming yeah. and... Uh, oh, I love Bandcamp. You yeah, can, that's I buy a ton of my music there. And uh, oh yeah, I always choose. I, I buy music from there all the time. I, that's probably like the number one place I buy music now. I love but I love when I can buy the both like the physical and the digital release there if I want both. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool if I ever wanted to do that. CDs now. I mean, my wife hates clutter, so the CDs are like they have negative value for me now, which I never thought would happen. I used to. I really resisted going full digital for a long time but uh uh the advent of the uh, stream anywhere over fast lte connections mm-hmm. era has uh, uh i'm sorry uh cd booklet designers but you've been erased see i have a fantasy which probably it's gonna take like 25 years to like come true like well eventually i'm gonna live somewhere where i have a like a music room and I'm yeah. just like slowly building towards that. And I want that, like that wall, that yeah. that whole wall that's like a shelf, and it's all like final records. That's kind of like, that's it's gonna happen someday. Like, once, when my kids go to college, <laughs> it'll happen. You should have some kids uh, if you're looking forward to that. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know, right. So I'm not like 80, but um, we'll. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know this this podcast is helping with that. I'm getting I'm getting laid a lot more because I <laughs> have this awesome podcast. You don't want three kids going to college at the exact same time, though. That's going to be no, 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 no. That's true. Wait, was sorry. <laughs> I'm implying that they would be by different women. I see. I see. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, this is the part of the podcast that's less popular with my wife. <laughs> Um, uh it's popular with me so that's true that's all that matters sound sound of whiskey being poured um so all right so we've decided that we want we want it to be fair for artists i just don't think that's um and not just fair we want to give artists money is how i would say it yeah um so your next point was about um you know, the playlist versus albums. And I'm just, I'm interested in what, what, what do you mean? What, what's the conflict that you see here? What's the, what is the change that you see? Yeah. Well, I don't want to get too much into this just because we did have a previous episode where we talked about how I like albums and um, basically never make playlists. But um, there was one interesting thing. uh, This was in an article on The Ringer, uh, Mm -hmm. Bill Simmons' new outfit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to say, how... Bill Simmons, the reason I listened to that uh, Blitz and Trapper song is uh, Bill Simmons randomly tweeted it once. 
Really? Yes. So random. Wow. He has such bad music taste. He does. And but he was like, "This is great," and I was like, "Yes, I love this." Okay. Wow. Um, that's funny. Uh, anyway, so uh, an article on his website, not by him, uh, went into how Spotify, uh, you know, suffers from it gets none of these big time artist exclusives that mm-hmm. Apple Music and Tidal have been getting this year mm-hmm. in particular, and how basically they've decided that they won't negotiate with terrorists. Uh, they won't. Uh, they won't consider paying extra for sorry for for big releases like that because it's you know they don't want to open that door and instead they're betting on their technology specifically the um uh what's the name of the the weekly list they give you um uh it's called the uh uh the weekly list no (laughs) anyway i'm loading uh, up it's called the the 30 track playlist they give you of music based on your past listening experience oh my god why is it not loading why are you not loading this uh this playlist spotify well you look that up weekly discover weekly that's right anyway so they went into like how like the actual technological process by which they developed that and how it's based on certain algorithms and spotify has made a conscious decision to invest a lot in these on the idea that um, the big releases will come to them eventually, and um, meanwhile, they want to lock people in with their superior music discovery technology like that. Which I was interested in, first of all, because uh, I've never actually listened to my Discover Weekly playlist. Have you? Yeah, I've, I've clicked on it a few times. Um, I Mostly because, you know, it, it tends to... Um, uh, it tends to be filled with artists I haven't um, heard of before, which I think well, is... A, they do that on purpose, yes. yeah. And so I, that's kind of like crack to me. I'm like, oh, this artist has a cool name and I've never heard their songs before. I'll click on yeah. this. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I have my sort of uh, non-algorithmic or, or non-Spotify algorithmic ways of finding new music, which I've discussed before, of just listening to everything I see reviewed on Pitchfork. Right. Um, so first of all, my Discovery Weekly probably wouldn't be as useful just because um, I don't use Spotify to as my casual listening service. So I don't, I'm not inputting my actual taste into Spotify that much. I listen to a lot of stuff that I don't like on Spotify <laughs> um, we because both, I'm trying out to see I feel like what for, it is. For our next podcast, like we should like just for a report, we should both listen to our Discover Weekly like that. I week. said I was going to suggest this. It, not even that. We should do it for the next month or so. And yes. Then in a month, we'll come back and say you know how useful we found it. Totally, totally. Mine actually might work better because I've heard people speculate that uh, one issue with the algorithm might be that you so you listen to a bunch of music which establishes your taste they make recommendations to you based on that taste and so you end up listening to more music that's based on that taste and you sort of end up in a little feedback loop yeah where you're not actually giving it enough new types of things you're interested in for it to push you out to sort of uh, push your boundaries a little bit more yes um so yeah my my spotify discover weekly is not going to give me anything but indie rock like twee (laughs) poppy indie rock (laughs) exactly um uh music to feel sad about a breakup too um so yeah that's uh that's something we'll try 
But uh, oh, I just thought on. that was, was interesting. Sad. Is that sad the, music now is more like music I'm to joking. like kind of get drunk alone and like think about like you know uh, existential like. So Drake, yeah. <laughs> No, okay, um, that's a good. That's a different podcast. Like, how are how are you? How are you sad now? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do it entirely with clips from Drake. Um, um, so anyway, that was just one interesting thing about s- streaming to me is that there is this way that maybe we'll grow in the future of um, bringing algorithms into our our music lives uh, a little bit more. Um, than they have in the past. Yeah, well, I my note, actually funny, I wrote a note about this for this episode that's just, will Spotify replace you and I? Question mark, question mark. Like, is Spotify going to be better than your um, uh, your pretentious friend at introducing you to new music? Well, to some extent, uh, maybe yes, Um What's interesting about their algorithm is that it actually takes advantage of people like us. Not so much on mm. podcast form, but their algorithm does uh, crawl the internet looking for mentions of music and then using that to build, you know, basically a a uh, an association graph of, you know, people who talked about this music on their blog also talked about this other music on their blog. And I'm sure they're probably also looking for, uh, you know, affinity keywords that, you know, indicate positive or negative feelings for this music uh, in those posts. So it can't, it can't crawl this podcast, damn it. Not yet, Joe. I'm uh, sure the day will come when audio search will be uh, yeah. up and running. They're, they're probably going to acquire the company that does that within like six months. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if they had it already. So, um, yeah, so that's... Uh, it, it, then they'll get into the trap that um, some things like Google are in where they're... Uh, trying to um you know they're trying to take advantage of human effort while cutting those humans who are producing that effort out of the loop of credit for it right um so does that end up strangling that human effort uh in the process um so that's uh uh yeah we'll see where that goes my wife has uh, just sabotaged our podcast accidentally what is she she accidentally started my phone playing a track in the background. Oh. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So that was that was what I had to say about algorithms and streaming. Yeah, that's it's 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 an interesting question, and I think that um, it's worth uh, knowing that um, you know these algorithms on Spotify are very um, actively. Um, trying to uh, you know dictate what you listen to and like find new music for you and um, it's not a coincidence when they get the, when they get it right you know yeah. they're 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 trying really hard to uh, um, you know kind of keep you hooked on it exactly um, which uh, is maybe how music has always gone maybe how pop music has always operated but it's a uh, uh, much more uh, might be a slightly more insidious way well uh, yeah maybe <laughs> we'll see yeah um so what's the what's the future oh i don't know i i suspect that like i said um in the future people will pay 
more frequently for streaming. And it really does seem, I don't know. It'll, somebody will at one point try to take it all paying maybe. And we'll just see if people go back to downloading. Um, because, uh, you know, if you look at the share of revenue from the free streaming services, like it really is garbage. And I just wonder yeah. if at some point the people who are saying, oh, God, well, we have to take whatever we can get now are probably the people who are just scarred like Holocaust victims by the rise of the Napster era. Mm-hmm. And, and they won't are, be around forever. Yeah, and so they're just probably deathly terrified of ever letting go of that kind of revenue because, oh my God, they'll just start downloading again. But maybe in a generation, all those people will be like, ah, this money isn't worth anything to us anyway. If we could successfully get people to actually pay, um, that would, you know, like quintuple right. our revenues. Right. <laughs> so well, and, we should try it. And Spotify can't lose money forever. I mean, at least it's a, it loses a ton of money now. And it doesn't I know. necessarily have some sort of like ad model that to like replace it. Since well, so you don't listen to the ads. I do. Right. And the ads are definitely, uh, the variety of them is definitely increasing. So it okay. used to be that there were like three companies that were advertising at any one time. Right. And there were a whole bunch of house right. ads apart from that. And now they're definitely, I definitely hear ads repeating a lot less, which I take to mean there are more people getting into the game. So right. maybe that's, that's what they're yeah. banking on. True. Um, and I think that, um, well, I guess I think that like, uh, you know, I, I just don't think consumers will ever say no to the, the deal of being able to listen to all recorded music. Yeah. Um, all music that's ever been recorded. And I think that's, you know, Spotify and its competitors are in a position of power to, um, charge more and, you know, and if they don't, um, I think that, that eventually there'll be a balance between what, um, you know what what people kind of expect in terms of having access to all this music and like what they're they're you know and paying fairly for it yeah um, and i think like record store col- culture these days is sort of a you know even though i know that's limited to a very I, it's a, probably a very small percentage of the population that's going there just the fact that like you know there are obviously people have this great desire to um you know, keep the culture of music alive and, and yeah. keep it as something that's more than just, um, you know, something produced in like a couple cities in, in the world. Uh, they want it to be something that's like local and that they're connected to through their like local bands and regional bands and like record stores. Um, I think that there will be ways to connect that to um, like, to digital music that like actually maybe haven't even been like kind of fully explored yet. Um, yeah. That, that's a good point actually. Uh, um, are, are still to come, you know, we don't, we don't really have the technology right now, for instance, to like go into a record store and like buy digital music in a way that's like really satisfying. And, you know, I think that technology could, could come. Um, I think it will come. Um, and that that you know there'll, there'll be a way that those things sort of uh, merge. Uh, yeah, I wonder if you could have things like uh, in a bar, 
music is playing and you just have little hubs everywhere where it's like tap your phone to this to add this to your spotify account or something like that exactly Um, right i mean and those things like it's sort of like shazam tries to get you to buy the music when you when you shazam it yeah um and I, i think there's probably some even more like natural pads too um like if you're you know if that's connected to some service that you already subscribe to and you add it to your like a hundred albums of the month that you like have you know like oh i can get 10 albums this month through this this will be one of them or something like that i don't know you know yeah um but the desire the desire for people to um you know sustain that culture is still there which is encouraging yeah cultures do die though it'll be it'll be interesting to see they do they do well that's a different we'll have a we'll we'll talk about record store (laughs) culture in a different podcast yeah i will be sad when and if that dies yeah it's it's blossoming now i mean you know uh, i was in line for record store date uh this year and the guy was like it's it's bigger every year and this is you know so yeah well that's cool yeah definitely yeah all right. Any other uh, thoughts on streaming, Joe? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Let me look uh, through my uh, list of uh, notes. Um, I don't think so. Um, All right. Yeah. I think I think we we covered the yeah the basics here. I think we've solved all of uh, <laughs> all of their problems. Um. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we've had the uh, the listen numbers going up over the past few weeks, so that's been very gratifying. And mm-hmm. uh, we really, uh, really want to thank everybody who's taken the time. Hopefully, uh, you like it and you aren't robots. And uh, hopefully, you uh, like it enough to tell your friends about it, which we strongly encourage. Um, feel free to uh, uh, interact with us at Savage Beast Pod on Twitter or uh check or email us at savagebeastpod at gmail.com you can find all the ways to contact us on our website at savagebeastpod.com and uh, uh also please subscribe uh listen rate and review on itunes which is a great way to uh, uh get the word out to other people algorithmically um so uh yeah thanks a lot yes and if you're streaming this podcast uh Fuck you, pay me my money. I mean, I'm just kidding. That's we we don't charge for this podcast because it's it's not money. not yet it's, not yeah. till you're hooked. Yeah, right. Um. Uh. uh Goodbye. I'll, yeah. yeah. I'll, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you actually have something to say? <laughs> no, it's just trying to think of something funny to say. It's just to say something oh, okay. random and uh, weird, and I could not think of anything random and weird too much pressure.